She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 264, transitioning out of corporate America into yogi and meditation leader with Alma Omarolovic. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Bolin, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so grateful and thankful for you tuning in to another episode. And today I am delighted to share with you guys the interview when I sat down with Alma. And really in this interview, we talk about at some point in our life, we realize that we need to pay close attention to our mind, body, and soul. And sometimes that is requiring us to take a pause on our life. The constant things that we encounter every day might take away our focus and taking care of ourselves. Can I get an amen? Whether we are hustling mentality and doing action, 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 trying to get as much done, or maybe we're in our corporate job and really working to side hustle to get out of that corporate job and just feeling burned out. Sometimes, it is then when we realize we need to take a shift from our current life situation. And Alma, whose passion is connecting with people, worked in corporate for 50 plus hours a week and believe she had had her life under control. And she shares her experience, how she transitioned out of corporate America into being a yogi and a meditation leader. So some of the things that we talk about in today's episode is discover the benefits of surrounding yourself with positive people, realize the importance of listening to your intuition this is so, so important regardless if you are an entrepreneur or you're working in corporate America, but making big decisions and really listening to your intuition. Be more focused on taking care of your body. And then we're talking about the benefits of yoga and meditation. So enjoy the conversation with Alma. Alma, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you transitioned out of corporate America into you know, being the yogi and meditation leader that you are today, what did that look like for you? Because I know it was pretty, pretty intense. It was. So um, my first transition out of college, I went straight into the corporate world, took the internship job, went that route and got offered a full-time gig. And I worked it for a little while, but it, it was, it was funny because everything seemed to be going in line. I was getting the raises. I was getting everything that you wanted out of college. And I had a finance and international business degree out of college, worked in logistics, and my body started to slowly fail me. So I started getting a little bit of anxiety, tension underlyingly. And then at one point, I had a really bad panic attack where my throat had closed up to the size of a straw. So it was just, it was an extreme situation. I couldn't talk. I had to communicate over text. And I my boyfriend then had come and picked me up and took me to the hospital. It was just an extreme panic attack. And after that, my body started turning to panic constantly. Anytime a little bit of tension would come up. So it could be even just minor somebody getting into a collision or someone honking or anything that would go on exteriorly would cause my body to go into shock. And it started happening a lot at work. So out of that, I realized something had to shift and I took a yoga class and I had, I had heard about yoga. I'd done it a few times in high school, but nothing serious. And at the end of that class, I sat there and my teacher, though, I think the waha moment, she was like, and I love Kimberly was the teacher then. And she goes, 
notice what you feel if anything shifted mentally, physically, emotionally. And I just sat back. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was like, everything's changed. I was like, nothing's the same as before. And it, I felt so at ease. I then went into my car and within 15 minutes, I had another panic attack as I was driving. So there was this thing where I was like, there's something here, there's something to this practice. And I just, I think after that, it was funny because my parents had, um, my brother actually got me a retreat to go to Costa Rica for a yoga retreat. And I was like, let me check out what yoga teacher training would be like for a personal journey. I looked at it, the program started in March. I was leaving to Costa Rica in February. And I think everything happens for a reason, but I went to the retreat in Costa Rica and about, I think it was, there was 15 people there. Eight of those women had been certified at the place I'd inquired to get my yoga teacher training. So it just felt like, like, uh, duh, you're going to do this. There's no reason you wouldn't do this. And my mentor still now, Amber Cook, she was leading that retreat and she, we had like a little moment where she was like, you'd be a great teacher. And I don't know what hit me. People had told me like, I've always, people have been very nice to me. I haven't had a rough situation emotionally growing up. But when she said those words, it's just like, it was like, oh my God, if you think it, like, this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, I don't know. When you hear some words from somebody, even if you just meet them, that was my first time ever meeting her actually arriving to Costa Rica. But it was just, it was very affirming. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of things out of there, even that last piece you said about how, you know, never, never, um, never underestimate the power of words that we say to other people and words of encouragement, or maybe words that aren't like not encouragement and the impact that they have on others around us. I would love for like, um, chronologically you got into the corporate world at, um, what year was that? So I got into the corporate world in 2008. Okay. And then talk to us too, like how long was, you know, this underlying prolonged stress on your body emotionally and physically? And the reason why I want to talk about it is because there are, I mean, especially in entrepreneurship or listeners listening that are in a corporate world that this type of stress is happening like how how did it manifest itself in in addition to what you had mentioned the panic attacks um but like how long did it go on for before you actually became mindful and aware and you were like okay this is something that you know I want to change and shift so you know I think it was definitely building while I was still in college and mm-hmm. while that pressure of just what are you going to do what's this career going to bring you and it started there just with test taking and those stresses. And then I think in that uh, industry that I'd gone into, it was definitely something I, I just wasn't paying attention to. It was slightly there. And whenever it would happen, I'd be like, oh, it's okay. But it was very automated. And I think when you get an automated process, you don't notice the gentle buildup because it, it was slowly building up. It wasn't like this was probably to lead to that level of panic. I was probably having a good amount of underlying anxiety for about two years, three years. Mm. And it wasn't that it wasn't showing physically, but internally it was like that disease at the pit of your belly, like that, like ugh, like this doesn't it's it's fine, and you're you you sh- you want to keep going because you're like this is what it is, but it was very much projections of what everyone else thought I should be doing, and not what I knew I wanted to be doing. And I think I always knew I wanted to 
help. I, I had this lifestyle that I wanted to live and I imagined myself living, but I kind of wasn't falling in line with it because I didn't see how I can get there. So maybe, I mean, without the anxiety and the panic attack, I wouldn't have probably turned to yoga and to this practice that I so dearly love, but kind of give a thanks to my anxiety at, at a lot of points. But yeah, I think it was a general project, like two years underlyingly that it built up to that point. And then I had panic. I mean, even when I, after I had my first panic attack, I think I, I suffered with daily panic attacks. I was having 10 to 12 for about six months straight. And then it was a year and a half of panic before I had gone into the point of deciding, oh, I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And that might seem like a lot to people. They had, they had prescribed me right away. Every doctor I saw was like, here goes a pill, take this, you'll be fine. And so it was, that was very numbing for me. And it just wasn't the right, right steps. But that's why I think it took me a little bit longer because I was using medication to cope with it to really yeah. get it. Now, are for like um, panic attacks, was that through breathing or, I mean, are there different types of panic attacks that people can have and what, how did the jurors come through from that, that place? There's so many different types of panic attacks. There's ones that hit the physical level. There's ones that we just feel that the panic attack induces a nervous system disease and mine to calm it in the start. There was no, most breathing techniques that I actually did when I was having the most severe panic would cause me more anxiety. Mm. So I wasn't even at a point where I can welcome that practice. I was just at a point where I needed to like lay flat on my belly, tuck my thumbs into my hands and just like, you know, let out certain like sounds or try to just open up my my throat pathway because it was closing up. So I think it, it just, and everyone's body responds differently. We all have so many things that are stored in our body from, from the moment we're conceived to, so there's, there's a different response everyone takes. Mine is mainly stored in the throat area, so my throat gets, anytime I feel disease, like I, and that's something, I mean, I, I work with the chakras and the body in that way too, so I think it was just finding my true voice and speaking that truth that I believe in that helped open that up, and it relieved. I haven't had a panic attack probably in two years now. And if I have, I mean, if I have it, I just go through it. The last one I had, like, I understand that it's a process that you just need to wait out sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think it really just depends on the person and the reaction and you know your body best. Like I taught a, medita- a meditation class last night all about different breath techniques. And we kind of just trialed each one for two minutes and then sat for two minutes to see the response. And we talked about it after, and it was so amazing to see some people would be like, oh my God, that opened me up. I feel so alive. And another girl's like, that actually made me really nervous. Like, I don't like that. So, so it's, it's cool to see that we all really do respond differently. And there's some techniques that are, and it depends on, on the season, the time of year, what state you're in physically. So I think there's a lot of variables that can go into that, but there's so, there's a huge range in panic attacks, in anxiety. So really, I don't think anyone's looks identical. There's Mm -hmm. always a slight difference there. Yeah. And I mean, that's anyone is, can probably, I mean, I would imagine, you know, be exposed to the panic attacks. And I like, I, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast earlier, but I know I talked about it on Instagram a couple of times, but I had back in 2000, 2015, I want to say, 2015, 2016, like developed this 
really like breathing, constrictive breathing, where I just kept having it. Like I was yawning. I couldn't capture my breath. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take full breaths. I'd have to yawn. And I was trying to figure it out for the longest time. Like, is it triggered from getting on a plane? Is it triggered from doing certain types of work? Is it triggered because subconsciously, like now it's ingrained in my my blood and my body can recognize it. So even like the slightest trigger and, you know, doing the going to chill and doing a lot more meditation has helped with that, that breath work. Um, and it's, it's just the body's amazing about the energy that it stores within it. And especially like with entrepreneurship, one of the things that I've learned, and we talked about this at the summit is, you know, the, the term where we all have to go out and hustle and we have to work all the time. We have to do everything of this and that. And even working with um, a coach right now is she, she recommends that 30% of our days should be doing things that feel good and that are self-care because then that helps from energy and alignment. And I totally agree with it because once we start taking care of ourselves and investing and not feeling bad for self-care, that's, I feel like that's when the true magic happens. I absolutely agree. And I think self-care should feel good if it feels like an obligation then it's something else and we really i think sometimes we mix that up we're like oh we're doing all the things like we did a (laughs) yoga class we did all and then you're like but i'm still exhausted that's that's different you know you're caring for your body just like meditation is a different practice by just sitting and having that silent time instead of combining it with something else yeah. Well, talk to us then. So you went, you got your teacher training and then um, talk to us after like, okay, so you, you left corporate, you went and traveled, you got your teacher training. Then how did your le- rest of your, like, how did your life unfold from there? So at that point, I think after I had come back from traveling and I had the knowledge, we did a thesis statement at the end of our year long training and you had to discuss what you thought was most impactful from the practice. And I was like, uh, we just learned a thousand things that I, like, <laughs> I was like, what, what? So, um, and I came back to it. It was the breath, which is funny when you said the panic attack, like the anxiety and the panic attacks and how did I deal with it, the breath. But in reality, that's what it was at the end of the day. It was just these simple breath techniques and allowing our breath to be where it's at and being okay with that. Even if it's choppy, even if it's smooth, if it's long, if it's whatever those qualities are and just understanding like that's okay. So I did my thesis on meditation and at that point I had vouched to not work for a company I didn't believe in. Mm -hmm. It was like you can, I can't be around just because at the end of the day, I think a huge impact to why I was underlyingly not happy in my corporate gig is because it really fed into that consumerism idea. It was logistics was shipping miles of freight around the world. And I care about this world and I'm trying to leave a little bit less of a footprint that I can. And so that was really important to me. And it's crazy. I just started trusting that things would come up that I needed. So I worked at a juice bar because it was good people and met some of Mike's still closest friends now to this day. And I started surrounding myself around people in this realm. And it just started to connect. It took, I kept steady with my practice. I had known the owner of Chill Laura Sage. I'd known her from working with her on her foundation, uh, Breast Cancer Foundation, for a few years, being on that associate board. And I thought I would get a job there because there was one employee she was shifting out. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds perfect. Talked to her about it. She mentions the idea of Chill. And she's like, I think this is ideal for you. 
And it was, it just, it all fell right into place. It was so beautifully put when you sit, sit back and you're like, let's just see what comes to me. Because it, it's around you, the people that, you, if you start to surround yourself around like-minded people that care about the same things, it all fits in really well. And I just, yeah, I, yeah like I think that's, and I'm sure you know that a lot just by all the abundance you brought into your life and those, the groups of women that you've collected together is, it's profound. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, like, yes, 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 on so many, so many <laughs> levels. And um, you were talking about how the, your like environment starts to shift through the people that you hang out with and that you surround yourself with. And one of the biggest things that I've learned um, is that how our reality and our experience is a reflection of what's going on internally. And it like, as we personally work through some of our stuff, it's like the, the external, as we work internally, the external world starts to shift and things open up. And I think people come into our lives and they may leave, um, they come into our life and then they may leave our life like in, in, in certain, um, scenarios and like everything is its own perfection in, in that moment. And also like, realizing when you can get so consciously and aware and mindful of how you feel before you take action on something and especially in business and entrepreneurship i used to just do 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 because i would get a intuitive i would get a hit but it would be one of those high level not deep intuition hits and i would just take action on it and then i would find myself having to put a square peg in a round hole to try and make it work because it originated and came from a place of just doing versus being aligned before taking action. And now it's even before I send an email checking my energy and saying, okay, does this feel good? Am I excited about it? Do I love what I'm about to send? Do I like, am I excited about who I'm bringing on the podcast? Is this something that I'm excited to share with the listeners? All these things that came through learning to be mindful through breath, through meditation that I never had before. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to practice that and just create that journey and, and practice over time to even become more aware of the world around us. And also like in, in reactive mode too, you just tend not to be as reactive to things and you just flow with things. Honestly, everything, everything, it just it feels like less effort the the more and more i stay in touch with that intuitive feeling like oh does this feel good and mine recently has been more checking in after i do something so after i've completed a task after i've taught a class like how do i feel after i'm hanging out with that person and mm -hmm. the, that after effect feels just as because i think the before when i was always working on and then i realized what about afterwards like what about you know so so just checking into both of those has been it's been shifting a lot. It's mm -hmm. been yeah. I know um, we talked a little bit about this too with Abraham Hicks. She talks a lot about the whole, or he talks, but Esther Hicks, when channels Abraham talks about the, the contrast piece and how a lot of times as humans, when we experience the uncomfortableness, whether it's through relationships with other people or we're upset something didn't happen correctly in our business, instead of viewing it as a negative thing, taking a look at it and viewing it as 
contrast and being grateful for that contrast because of the, because of that contrast, we then have a clear idea of exactly where we want to go, what we want to do, what we don't want to do in the future. And we can take that as information and build upon it as well. Um, talk to us a little bit about what is something that you are currently working on, whether it's yourself or comes to like building, comes to building your business. So currently for the business that I'm really excited about, I'm launching this month, this mindful Monday coffee series. Yeah. So I, um, I spent a lot of time during my teacher training and just always, cause I love coffee shops. I think they're always such beautiful spaces and the people that inhabit them from the workers to the owners that create this space. It's, I love it. And I love coffee. So it, it, yeah. seemed, it seemed like a great space to be. And I, I have a few friends that I know that have coffee shops and I was like, this is such a perfect place to do a meditation. The settings beautiful, the aromas are beautiful, the sounds. And so I thought, what if Mondays, I really want to activate certain communities and I'm starting up on the north side um, near Rogers Park and I'll move my way towards the city each month. So each month for the Mondays of that month, I'll feature this coffee shop and teach a half hour meditation open to everybody half an hour before the shop opens. Mm-hmm. And then everybody will get a drink and we'll use the aromas and we'll really connect to where the beans are sourced, why this coffee shop cares about intention and mindfulness, and really coming back to this is the way you start your week. For most work people, I think Monday is like an uh, day that doesn't feel the best most of the time. And for me, Mondays, I, I get most excited. I set my intention. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what the week's going to look like. It's just, it's a very powerful time to, especially in the, in the U S and people that work with a seven day work week to really set the tone right for your week. So we'll be doing that. And soul cafe is the first one featured this month and then moving my way up towards the city. And I'm just, I'm really excited. And we have community partners where different, um, nonprofits will come in each Monday and allow three kids from the community to come and meditate too. Cause I think just activating these people in the neighborhoods and if they can continue to spread it on, that's been one of my bigger things for this past year. I've taught right around 7,000 students and I'm like, if oh, wow. person can tell one person about maybe one breath te- technique they've experienced, that's profound to me. I just, as many people that can get touched with this awareness that your breath is something that's always with you and something you can access at any point. And it's just like a free, beautiful tool to, to, mm-hmm. to empower your life, to, to make you feel good. You can shift your whole perspective with one simple technique. And like, so that's something I'm really excited about to get going. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, that's very exciting. I did want to add too, with the breathing piece of it, I was just listening to Bulletproof Radio and um, David Asprey had a guest on and it was all about the breath from a scientific perspective and how different athletes would do different breath work that would then help them perform better. People like the difference between people who breathe through their nose versus if you breathe through your mouth and how it impacts. I mean, it's a really great episode. The audio quality isn't the best, but if you can go back and you can just work through it, it's such, it, it tells the science behind the breath and why it's not just, okay, let's just breathe, but really the the way that you breathe can also have 
dramatic impact as well. Uh, you mentioned chakras before. Can you tell us highlight what what are the chakras and what are some things that are good to know about chakras in our body and maybe how it's spiritually having any sort of connection and maybe how we can release or dislodge some energy that might be stuck. Absolutely. So chakras are just energetic points down the center line of the body. And we have seven of them. For, for me, you can, there's so many ways you can associate to them, but you know when your chakras are in line. And that's why this energetic point down the body is actually why the most important thing for meditation is to try to have a straight spine because then you can allow these to stack one on top of each other and feel that like fluid free flowing breath. The dis I'm not a, I've read a Reiki book and I've gotten Reiki done on me, but I've, that's a beautiful way to have somebody else transfer through you and cleanse your energy and kind of get your chakras in line. And it's phenomenal. Like if you're not into the woo and you've never experienced this, I think it's worth checking out because they can give you so much insight right off the bat. The first Reiki session I had, she told me my throat chakra was closed off and very restricted. And that was constantly the work we were doing on healing. And Mm -hmm. I've had thyroid issues. I've had the panic attacks in my throat. And so it was phenomenal to me, this woman who'd never met me not once instantly told me I had this blockage here and we worked on that. And I really, I do give a lot of my healing. I, I love my Reiki woman and I give a lot of, a lot of credit to her for the healing that happened in my body. There's, you can focus, there's different colors associated to the chakras. So, and there's even a different sound associated to each. So I, I like that one. One of my, one of my teachers that I love, she will teach a chakra balancing class and you'll just hum on each exhale, the sound associated to the chakra while focusing on the noise there. So it's, I think that's a powerful way. If you just look up the sounds and you just inhale and you're focusing on that chakra and you're exhaling, releasing that sound to kind of balance that region. I also think that a way when I feel like some of my chakras are out of line is when I feel like tightness or constriction when I'm meditating in that spot. So when something comes up in an emotion, I I can get triggered and you'll feel it in that area. And what I find to be soothing and beneficial is if I put just a gentle, compassionate touch to either the throat, the heart, wherever. If usually it's for most of us, it's the belly, the, the throat area, or the heart area where we'll feel that type of constriction and just like sending your breath there. So just really focusing on filling up your palm and bringing that breath and understanding how healing the breath is. But um, yeah, I think there, I think there's, have you done a Reiki session? Have you? Yeah, I have. I did it, um, I think last, I keep saying, no, two years ago in 2016, I did it. Um, and it was, it was really, I mean, the, it's a crazy story how it happened and how I got connected because I had, um, I had a guest on the podcast and prior to that guest coming on the show, like the day before I was meditating and I felt my chest was really, really tight and something had just it came over me and it, it just said, okay, find someone to do Reiki. And I had heard of Reiki before and I wasn't freaked out or I wasn't kind of, I, I was embracing it at that point. And 
So this guest, Sarah, came on and then afterwards I asked her, you know, do you know anyone in Chicago? How does that work? What does that look like? She connected me with someone in Chicago. And then the gal that she connected me with was like, I don't actually do Reiki, but I can connect you with the gal who I do Reiki with. And it was done via Skype. And I was like, wait a second, you can do Reiki online, like through Skype. And I, it was at that point though, I didn't have any hesitation because I just knew that, that I needed to do that in order to clear some stuff that was happening and going on in, in my life. And energetically, I didn't even, she sent this, my, the gal who I did it with sent over her contract. I didn't even look at the price. I just signed it. And I was like, yep. Okay. And then I looked at the price a couple of days later when I went to go pay and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. I mean, it, 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 that was an investment. I don't know what other Reiki is, the charge or the average is, but the one that I paid was an investment. But at that point, I'm like, I, I need this because I don't know where else to to start or to go. And this is the path and the type of um, medicine that I believe in. And ever since that session, it has definitely snowballed in a positive way. And even my husband could tell afterwards. And I mean, he even, he laughs because the one, even through meditation, the, the 30 days of chill that I've been doing, he can definitely tell that too. And I think when people that are closest to you can tell some of the work that you've done, then you know that like, if they can tell a difference, then you know it, it was worth it and they can identify and see change that's happening. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was an hour and a half long and it was a beautiful experience and I'm sure I'll do it again sometime um, this year as well. You haven't done it in person yet? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm going to take you to my lady. It's okay. not an investment. It's very minimal. I don't take her. I don't take many people to her because I want to keep her for my hidden gem. I love to <laughs> show her to things, but I'm like, I can't have the world going to you because oh my God, this is my <laughs> secret. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, yeah. I would share it actually if anybody needed it, but still. <laughs> yeah. And going back to what you were saying, just surrounding yourself with, with people, the more, I mean, the closer I've gotten and the more I've gotten to seek out the information from the energy standpoint, a lot more people that I talk to have done and experienced um, the Reiki session. So, but I talked to us a little bit about, you know, you said you, at the beginning of the week, you set intentions. I mean, is there anything else that you do from a daily routine or any sort of, um, tips that you do to help really create that space and allow you to get into alignment? So I try to keep it not too restrictive where it's like, oh, it becomes again, like a task just yeah. to not get overwhelmed with it. I don't like things that I really enjoy to do to be t well, like another check mark on the list, but some things that I love and that I found have worked for this year. And I did it last year too. I set one word intention for the month. So this next month, I'm using the word strength, and usually I'll just write it on the month on my planner, and I'll write one word to describe each letter and just go down and make a little poem out of it, but I'll use that mantra anytime, and I'll use that focus word. So this month, I just really want to get back into my handstand practice, and I want to just have a lot more mental and emotional and physical strength and really bring this level of like feeling strong and empowered. So I'll keep coming back to that mantra anytime if I don't have a week intention or daily. And I like to just use the simple inhale, I am and exhale wrong. And like, so I'll use whatever that one word is whenever I feel just not grounded or do, am I doing the right thing? Or do I feel in line with myself? Because we all have those moments where we're like, oh, like, this is, you know, so that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of my bring it back and reel it in. 
I also, I mean, I live by this and it's changed my life in so many ways. I got a half hour hourglass and every morning, right when I wake up, it's right next to my bed. I flip it half an hour. I don't touch any tech. I don't interact with anything minus my books, my bed, my dog, if she's around, but it's, I just keep that as a very ritual moment for me. And I do the same thing before I go to bed. So for half an hour, even if I'm tired, I'll flip the hourglass and I'll make sure to just be like with myself in that point. So it just adds an hour to my day, which is, I, I wouldn't give it up for the world. I think I love that idea of an hourglass because then it definitely removes any opportunity to interact with technology. Yeah. I and it's like a physical that. declaration. Yes. And, and then it's so beautiful. Steven, honestly, watch the sand trickle down. Like some mornings I'm just tired. I'm like, I'm just going to gaze at the sand. Like, <laughs> I don't do anything else but, but gaze at this. But it, it's, it's so nice to have that and glance over and just time moves slowly and it sets the tone for kind of the pace I want to move in my life and how aware I want to be. Mm-hmm. I love it. Let's, um, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Um, talk to, what is something in your life that is a non-negotiable? Travel. Yes. Where are you off to next? I'm going, my friend, my best friend, she's, we're going to Mexico city for her birthday. And then we're going to do Tulum after. (gasps) Ooh. Well, I've heard to, isn't Tulum like pretty magical place? Yeah, I, I think it is. I didn't even know how magical it was. I've heard a lot of teachers do retreats out there and I've seen things about it, but I've never been to either Mexico City or Tulum. So I'm excited to do the whole like city life, explore a new place and then go and veg out on the beach. Nice. And we're, and we're going to be there for a full moon. And we found this place <sighs> that does like, um, it looks insane. It's like a moon ceremony, lodge, sweat lodge experience. Oh, this- fantastic. Yeah, so that's my, tr- I was like, we're going to do the full moon thing for your birthday as my treat. Let's do that. Nice. <laughs> oh, that'll be amazing. Um, what is it for you? Like the one thing that you get your inspiration from? Uh, nature for sure. And honestly, my travel, which is why it's a non-negotiable because every time I go to a new city or a new place and I'm walking around and I could just, this, I experience everything visually is a beautiful way to experience life. And I love to see different shapes, different colors, design. And I get that. I get most fascinated when I'm in a new place. So mm. nature and travel for sure. What is something that you believe in that others think is insane? Something that I believe in that others think is insane. Um, what do I believe in? Ooh, I don't. I don't know. We can I, come back to that. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. yeah. Do you have a, a quote that you live by? Ooh, when I love Muji does when letting go, it all gets done. Hmm. I just, I think there's something to be said about, again, that fast pace, we need to do it all. But actually, most of the time when I feel stuck or when I, when something's just like not working, it's like, let's step back. Let's let it flow how it would without me or even without me just directly being, just going through the motions and not being so emotionally involved. It's Mm. either emotionally or physically. So when I let go some of that grip, which I think it can be on so many levels that you can let go in a situation and just kind of be that observer, just like it's your mind, but it's 
it's your life exteriorly is when I come into most awareness where it's like, I absolutely always know what I need to do and things fall even more in line. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes stepping back or letting go is allowing things to, to fall in, in line. What is the best hundred dollars or less purchase you have made in your business? Oh, I have it right here next to me. My appointed daily, well, it's a year task planner. They're this company. I do. If you don't have anything from them, it's A-P-P-N-T-D. Okay. I'm going to Google that. Oh, they do this project planner too that I just ordered that got released, but they have like the organization, it shows it by the week and on the right-hand side, it'll do five priorities and it'll do tasks. I just, someone laughed at me the other day, we were in a meeting and I'm like, let me check my, check my planner. And I pulled it out. She's like, (laughs) wait, you have a task planner? She started laughing. (laughs) What? I was like, is this not a thing? Do people not use planners anymore? But I, I just love to write things down and view my week. Like on that Monday, before I start my week, I open it up and be like, Ooh, this is what your week's going to look like. This is what you're Something about that feels, and most people are like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, unless I have my appointed planner, I have no idea. (laughs) You're like, I have no, I, I love a a good written planner and just keeping track of all that stuff. I, I, I love that. I mean, I, everyone's system is so personal to themselves and how it works. And some people are all tech. Some people are hybrid because they're tech and written. Some people are all written. Yeah. It's just, it's really neat to see how every individual functions because, and I think like sometimes at different seasons in your life, different types of planners make more sense. And, you know, it's just constantly evolving and just figuring out what makes most sense for you. Like use a planner that you actually are going to use versus using a planner you like everyone is talking about. Like I tried to use that productivity one. I was like, this isn't for me. This is stressing me out more than it's like completing anything. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. know when it's like, okay, I tried it because everyone's talking about it, but it doesn't work for me and that's okay. And let's keep them in Let's, yeah, let's keep it moving, figure it out, but we will, we'll link to it. I've never heard of this company. So it's www.appntd.com. Um, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to, it's really pretty by the way. They're so, oh yeah. And the touch of them. I have this thing for textures and quality and like, I'm just touching the cover of it. It's so, they're so durable, but like beautiful and minimal. Yeah. You should definitely, you need one of these things. Take a also, look. I just I just thought of what what I believe in that um, other people probably think is a little bit like crazy. Other than the moon, which I know some people, but I'm very into the moon cycles and full moons and new moons. Um, but- yeah, which I don't like. <laughs> this might be like crazy, but that's you know meditating a lot. Like you said, it can really as a woman it, it aligns you with your your menstrual cycle. And I was so confused because I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, this was just 21 (laughs) days ago. Like, this is so weird. And until you're like, well, no, actually, if you meditate, you become more aligned with the moon cycles. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us then to a little bit high level, um, just because I think that I think it's a cool thing and, and educational for people to know, you know, new moon versus full moon. What's the difference? What's the type of energy that brings with it? And how can you actually harness it to set strong intentions? Absolutely. So the the new moon is uh, definitely a place to set that intention of what you want to receive. So it's like, what what do I want to do in this next phase till the moon fills up? 
and full moon is usually a reflective time where we'll recognize like what's happened in the cycle how much have you done and it's it's such once you start aligning yourself like i use the moon for my intention setting and completion and really working with those times because they're potent times energetically when as a as a universe were placed at a certain moment that is more profound for things to happen and it's I mean, you can see, you can affirm it in your life in so many ways, but different signs will embody different things. And so this last, it was just a full moon um, a few nights ago, and it was in Scorpio. And this full moon is all about sex and death. So it's it's just very powerful to, and it doesn't have to be, I, people like when I tell them death, they're like, again, I don't know. They're like, oh, we're going to die. No, it's kind of this, the scorpion is this, you let certain things and they can be habits or stories die away. So new things can be born. So, so new, new opportunities and just shedding different skin that might not suit you anymore and not your highest, truest self. So I think new moon is just a time to really be intentional. What do I want to get in these, in this next cycle? And you have yeah. just about, you know, it's, it's so nice to kind of reflect too. I feel like sometimes we don't take that time to be like, what did I complete right now? What happened for me? Even if it's small wins of like, oh, I completed a project at work. Oh, I like did my spring cleaning. You know, like we, we need to acknowledge those things to kind of see how much we've moved because so much time can fly by and then you're like, oh, I haven't done anything. But actually in reality, you've done so much. So I think yeah. the moon's just nice, like something tangible yet again that you can look outside and you can, even I love to look at the moon. Like anytime it's out, it reminds me how far, but by the time it's full, something should be complete for me. So I'm always glancing up and I'm like, oh, that's how much I've completed right now. How much, look at how much more you have till it fills up into that circle. And then you filled your cup. And then you get a chance to like be fresh again. If you haven't done it, okay, there's another moon coming up, another cycle, you know? Mm-hmm. I know um, that the meditation of, um, the most recent, like largest shifts, the Aquarius one that happened in in April, like mid April, I think it was. It was. Yeah, there was one, and it was about a seven year cycle. And so, looking back, it's 2018 now. So, what happened in 2011 that is coming to full circle in 2018? And when I went to that workshop, a lot of people, including myself. It was just such aha. And a lot of us could say, oh my gosh, this happened in 2011. And now I see it coming full circle. And, you know, apparently, which I can't remember word for word, but during the, um, our summit, the She Did Her Way summit was like the opportune time for this like new energy and momentum to be around, which I didn't plan it on purpose, but I was like, oh, that's awesome. I will take that. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Why don't you, I know you just recorded some free meditations. Share with my listeners where they can learn more about Alma and just what your practice and what you are up to and what you're teaching people. Absolutely. So my biggest goals by the end of this year is to get a lot of my meditations up on my website. You guys can peep at chillbabealma.com and I'll be posting... I, I hope to have at least 15 by the end of this year, but I recorded 18 already that they're editing right now. And then I teach Sunday sessions at my friend's shop, Scratch Goods. Every Sunday I'm there in the evening doing different meditations focused on different themes. It's usually what I'm practicing in my life that I'm teaching for that week. So whatever I find profound, I'll share that message 
experience. And otherwise, I host moon ceremonies, full moon at Chill Chicago. And those are my favorite of all time workshops, clearly lover of the moon. But I, I'd host those monthly on the full moon. And it's just such a wonderful experience to really gather and connect and do the meditations. And I do a monthly tarot card healing, which I have two professional uh, healers come in and two amateur healers. And it's just a space kind of for people who are just getting, either you might be experiencing this realm of wellness or you might never have experienced tarot or some of these card pulling techniques. I have a woman who actually does an aura readings. So she'll do heart healings and everyone gets to go around and experience for five or so minutes um, the healers. So it's just a good opportunity to have people connect and be in a beautiful space and do a little bit of healing. So that one's happening this month on the 18th. If anyone's in Chicago, it happens at the Roby in Wicker Park. So. Oh yeah. Roby, the cafe Roby one, right? Yeah. It's oh. such a beautiful place. It, yeah, it is beautiful. Awesome. Well, Alma, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure and it's always great to talk, talk with you and learn about what you're up to. And for those of you guys listening, you can check out the show notes, just head on over to she did and you'll see Alma's information and episode linked there as well. So Alma, thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidaherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.